One of the most helpful things I've learned is that I'm not alone. You're not alone. And as we open up to the right people, we'll see our communities grow bigger and stronger. If you find this video helpful, please support us by liking and subscribing. And if you know someone this video can help, please pass it their way. My mission is to help make the world a safer place by sharing with you the stories that saved me. Tell me, how did the world treat you when they saw you as a black man? Um, the world treated me... Well, first of all, I was always a feminine black man. So I've always been an outcast it seems in every single community that I've sort of inhabited. Um, so in school, uh, you know, I would get told to stop. Like when I was in elementary school, I got told at a very young age to stop like swishing my hips uh, because that was a sign of femininity. And the teacher was like, like, why are you swishing your hips? The teacher said that to you? Yeah. So she was like, stop swishing your hips. <clears throat> and I was like, uh, oh, okay. I, I didn't know what it meant like back then, but I was just like naturally feminine um, and jovial. Uh, so that was like out of the norm for uh, little black boys back then, uh, at least in my environment. <clears throat> so like being happy and sort of like, I don't know, expressing my feelings more and being more animated was seen as queer whereas like you know boys my age were supposed to be like playing basketball and like you know uh going after girls and like to always talking about girls like the conversation would always be about girls right so since i didn't really care to engage in those conversations or I wasn't like, I wasn't like, like rowdy. Like I wasn't into like physically, like, I don't know. I wasn't into that sort of rite of passage of like uh, rough housing with other guys when I was in elementary school. So that was always like something where I was like, okay, so that's not my crowd. <coughs> I didn't really fit in with the nerds either because like I wasn't a nerd either back then. I was just more like a loner because I was like, I realized that I was different from a very, very young age. Mm. Like I remember, actually I should probably start from the very, very beginning <laughs> when I when I realized I was queer uh, was like probably when I was like five because like I love playing with like Barbies and like I would like, you know, uh, see my sister's Barbies on the floor in the family room and I would like pick up the Barbies and brush their hair and stuff and I also had like toy trains and like cars and Hot Wheels and stuff like normal boy toys but like I would be very interested in like you know Barbies and long hair and I'd be like you know I kind of wish I had long hair too uh, when I was like five or six and then um, I realized also when I was in first grade, like when we had to like cut out the little pink hearts for Valentine's Day and exchange them, I didn't want to participate because I knew that I didn't want to give my Valentine to a girl. 
like in first grade like i knew all of I this love that. Like, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to participate in that that uh tradition <clears throat> something felt weird to me i was just like i don't I don't care to do this. And then maybe it's because I subconsciously knew that I couldn't give my Valentine to a boy. So then I said, I guess I'm just not interested in Valentine's Day. Mm. So um, that was that. And then, you know, growing up, all of that, all of these little signs kept popping up here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like a million different examples. Um, like not wanting to wear certain clothes because I felt weird about, you know, my penis. Like, I was like, why do I have a penis? Like from a very young age, like I was like, I don't really care to have this. And I didn't even, not that I wanted a vagina back then, but like, I was like, I don't care. Like this thing was like, I felt self-conscious about it. Mm. Yeah. So I do remember that, you know, feeling gender dysphoria from a young age. So, as a black man, you know, back then, other people could sense this. They would always be like, do you have a girlfriend? Do you like girls? Like, are you gay? <laughs> and I would be like, it's none of your business. Like, I wouldn't, like, flat out deny it. But, like, I would be like, it's none of your business. Like, I, like my sexuality is none of your business. Because it actually wasn't. So, yeah. um but I also just like knew that it was taboo to be like queer back then, especially in the black community. I, I actually experienced misogyny growing up because I was so feminine naturally that I didn't like, like I wasn't putting on airs. Like I just was naturally like a feminine entity. So like people would like, you know, I remember one time in the store my hair was like a little bit long, no makeup or anything. This guy, he was a little bit older, so I don't know if his sight was like off or anything, but he, he, he saw me and my mom, he was like two pretty ladies. I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I wasn't even trans at the time. So like, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I didn't feel offended by it at all because I was like, yeah, uh, that makes sense, that tracks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and so as a black man, I got treated really badly because of it. So I got like, you know, bullied a lot because I was feminine. Um, I got called a faggot all the time, <clears throat> all the time by random people like on the street, like, and kids too. Wow. On, um, like, yeah, I got called faggot all the time by mostly people in my community. White people just don't, did, the, so the thing about racism, this is, a, this is a nice little segue yeah. into racism. So me being ostracized by my own community was very interesting because I didn't feel at home there and I didn't feel at home with whites either because whites just like kind of like ignored me as like this like, you know, I don't know, like whites just kind of ignored me. Like I always felt ignored. Like I felt like my opinions weren't valued. Um, Sometimes, like, in my friend groups, I, I was friends with a very diverse group of kids growing up. Like, there was, like, a, a mixed kid, a white kid, a black kid, and uh, I think another Asian kid was in there, too. So, like, I had a very diverse group of, like, 
friends and mostly that centered around gaming and stuff like that. So that was kind of a refuge for me. Um, but, um, in terms of like my general experience, like having discussions, um, with people, people would just like tend to interrupt me a lot. <sighs> they would, um, not ask my opinion in certain respects or just not engage me, not ever invite me to anything. Like growing up, like I really rarely was invited to anything. Yeah, <laughs> Having friends growing up. <laughs> don't invite, I, I don't know, like, so you can relate, like to not feeling sort of, I guess, desirable. Like, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that was about. Um, I think that also being queer was a sort of interesting because I did have an online community that I could take refuge in. And, you know, a lot of LGBT people create little communities online where they can sort of, uh, sort of share their stories. And like, uh, I remember reading a lot of fan fiction growing up and that was like really um, cathartic for me because I never, really seen queer relationships represented in a healthy way in mass media yeah. growing up. So being able to go online and read stories was a great way for me to sort of be like, oh, okay, so that's probably what going on a date in high school would be like if I had the wherewithal to come out and, you know, live my life off authentically. So that was good. Um, but it still was like lonely because it was like not real. So when I cut my hair and I went from the world viewing me as more feminine to more masculine, mm -hmm. what I noticed was, actually, I realized I had good looking privilege. I didn't realize, um, you know, that people were treating me like a pretty girl until, you know, the people not trying to buy me drinks stopped. <laughs> people trying to buy me drinks stopped and people holding doors for me stopped mm. um but also something i noticed was i people started respecting me more now that they see me a little more masculine mm -hmm. how how does the world treat you as a black woman um i think that since i transitioned i got a lot more confident and my demeanor is a lot more like i like i like myself so people can sense that and uh i think when you give off the air like you're not 100 percent confident in who you are people tend to i guess subconsciously just not respect me hmm. uh so when i was a black man um i just didn't I didn't really like myself like that. Like I liked the way I looked sometimes when the way I put myself together, like when I had nice clothes on or when I wore makeup <clears throat> and was like butch mask uh, with makeup on, I felt okay. But now as like a trans girl, like I talk more confidently, I look people in the eyes more and I like, I just generally just have more, I enjoy life more. So people just like treat me a lot more 
Like, people treat me a lot better, I think. That's good. It, and that's very interesting how, we, how society treats, uh, uh, I guess, less confident people. Mm. That's not good. I think we should treat everybody with respect. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, and give you a whole thesis statement about why I deserve to exist. Mm-hmm. And then they have you guys to be like, but you're still a tranny and you're still a man, right? Because that is the that is the response that like most trans people get online is like, you're still a man, like you should, and you need to tell all men that you you have a penis upon meeting them, uh, regardless of if you're interested in them or not, and shit like that. Like you, it's like and. And also, like, a lot of uh, bigots will, like, justify the murder of trans women as though, like, you know, uh, in domestic uh, partner violence and shit like that because uh, they're like, oh, you should have been honest with the guy. Like, nine times out of ten, the guy knows that the girl is trans. The Trans women are very upfront with that, especially over messaging because we don't want to have situations where we're in unsafe you yeah. know environments so we ju- generally get online and get on apps that are catered to lgbt people mm-hmm. in order to uh you know meet men who want to get with trans people some people still think of transitioning as if it was like this casual choice yeah you you make like what am i going to eat today mm-hmm. right so can you please educate and enlighten people about how not casual this process really is. Yeah, it's super intense. Uh, being trans is not easy. Um, if people didn't have gender dysphoria, if gender dysphoria wasn't like real, right? Then I don't think the majority of people uh, who are trans would be trans, right? Because it is so difficult to be trans. Like, truly, I felt when it, since I was a very young age, like I would say like since as far back as I can actually remember my first life experiences before even first grade, like kindergarten, I've always felt like I was not a boy. Mm. And I was bombarded with heterosexuality. I was bombarded with Men are men and women are women, right? Mm. From a very young age, I had a mom, I had a dad, they were married. I was raised Baptist, Christian, with those that value set. And I didn't know any queer people growing up, really. Uh, and I still felt gender dysphoria. So when people say things like, oh, you know, you know, it's just like they're seeing media of men wearing dresses so then they're getting confused i'm like no i didn't see that shit when i was growing up Mm. i saw men as men and women as women but i still had gender dysphoria Mm -hmm. so that i feel like empirically proves from my own life experience you can believe me if you want to or or if you cannot believe me if you want to but it's true like it's really fucking true I know that I was born in the wrong body since I was a fucking toddler. Mm. And, you know, I didn't know what being trans was. That's why I transitioned so late in life, because I didn't know anything about being trans. Um, 
but I still was like hella feminine growing up and I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that I wanted to be a girl. Like I wrote in my diary growing up um, that, you know, like, I wish I was a girl. I don't know why, like, I really want to be a girl uh, so bad, but I would write pages and pages and pages in my diary growing up, just like, I want to be a girl. Um, and I would play with Barbies. I would like want long hair. Like I wanted to be pretty also, but I didn't, I didn't know what any of that meant. Right. Um, and it didn't. And by the way, Republicans, you not supporting your kid and their transition and trying to force them to be masculine, even though they feel like they're a girl doesn't work because as soon as they're out of your clutches and now they're adults, they'll be able to make their own choices mm -hmm. and then they'll still transition any fucking way. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you talk about how it's actually safer to transition as when you're, uh, when you're yes. younger? Yeah, please. It's actually safer and, you know, and it would alleviate a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of things in society if uh, people were allowed to transition younger, which they are in a lot of states. <clears throat> but people are pushing back against that yeah. right now mm -hmm. um, because they don't want to fucking look at the science um, of it. But the younger you get hormone treatment, the more cisgender, uh, for anyone who doesn't know what cisgender means, just basically means that... Um, so... Do you identify as a cis woman? woman. A cis woman. Mm -hmm. You identify as the gender you were born. Mm -hmm. That is what cis means, basically, for anyone who doesn't know. Anyways, so um, the younger you get on hormone treatments and, and uh, hormone, not hormone blockers, puberty blockers, uh, the more cis you're going to look. So if you identify as a woman, and you were born a male, uh, if you get on puberty blockers, uh, you won't develop like as a man would. You would develop as, or rather as a male would. So you're probably not gonna have big muscles. You're probably not gonna have such a strong bone structure in your face. Your face is gonna look more slight, more feminine, more cis. So, um, and same goes for uh, females transitioning into males. Uh, if they get on puberty blockers uh, and get on um, testosterone, they're going to look more like uh, a typical man would when um, a bi uh, I don't want to say biological man, a biological male would if he goes through a normal puberty. So what I want to end on is just like, guys, like, honey... I want to reiterate again that like being queer, LGBTQIA+, pronouns, like y'all don't like these conversations, but they're going to keep happening. You know why? Because we have the internet now and people, regardless of how many books you burn, right? Uh, no matter how much you Republicans hate it, it's going to like... We're here. We're here, honey. <laughs> and there's a lot of us. There's a lot of queer people. Like, people are queer.